Mike Woodson not only has the Hoosiers back competing with the best teams in the country on the court, he has them competing against the best programs, the Dukes of the world, off the court on the recruiting trail as well. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Monday, May 30th. This is Locked on Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. want to thank you guys for stopping in and making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every single day. Hope you guys are having a safe Memorial Day, whether it's cooking out, swimming, just relaxing. Wanted to give you guys an episode today because there's a couple things that happened over the weekend that I thought were noteworthy. One of those being uh, the recruitment and the update of Xavier Booker. I'm sure a lot of you are aware uh, who Xavier Booker is. We mentioned uh, recently, I think we talked about him, a power forward out of Cathedral, 6'10", 205 pounds. Uh, He is ranked number four in the class in 247's latest updated rankings. And this is an interesting recruitment for the Hoosiers because while Mike Woodson has got the program back to the NCAA tournament, has them set up for what should be one of their best seasons in a while next season, uh, if things go according to plan, which, knock on wood, uh, he also has them recruiting at a high level again have a pair of five-star five star recruits coming in, Jalen Hood, Shafino, Malik Renault. Uh, but even then, there seems to be kind of a leap between your quote-unquote regular five-stars and the elite of the elite, which is where the Dukes and the Kansases and the UNCs live when they recruit guys. Xavier Booker is one of those guys. It helps that he's uh, in the backyard of the Hoosiers at Cathedral in Indianapolis. Uh, but... He's a guy that Indiana has been in on, but this weekend might have taken it up a a notch because Duke offered Xavier Booker. Before he was offered by Duke, he spoke to Peegs 247 Sports about his recruitment. As always, I'll give you guys some of the tidbits of this. I don't want to give away everything because... It's behind a paywall, and I, re- I it's frustrating frustrating as it is to some people. I respect that, so I won't give you everything, but I'll I'll give you some tidbits of information. Uh, he mentioned at the time the schools uh, that were kind of the main schools that were going after him were Michigan State, IU, Purdue, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Michigan, and Iowa. Uh, so basically, the Big Ten and Notre Dame. Uh, one thing that I found really interesting is the first school he was asked about was Michigan State, and it, he had just taken an official visit there. Talked about his biggest takeaway being on the academic side. He mentioned touring their business program and how he wanted to get into business, and I couldn't help but think about the fact that IU has one of the best business schools, at least in the Midwest, uh, in the Kelly School of Business, how big of a advantage that might be if and when he does Take a visit to Bloomington. Also mentioned he wanted to get into broadcasting. The IU Media School, again, one of the best programs in the country, not just the nation. Uh, And so felt like both those were an advantage. He definitely seemed like someone 
uh, as interested in the academic side of things as the athletic side of things. So if those are two big things he's focusing on, you would think that would put IU in good contention. Uh, Talking about his uh, conversations with Mike Woodson and Kenya Hunter, who is recruiting him, quote, they tell me things I need to improve on all the time, not just tell me things I do well. They help me with things I need, need to improve on like being more aggressive, rebounding, getting stronger over the offseason, and those types of things. I really appreciate that on their part. It's an interesting recruiting tactic Indiana uses. Uh, we heard this similar sentiment when uh, Trey Jackson Davis was talking about basically being recruited to return to IU, uh, not this offseason, but previous offseason, and that Mike Woodson kept it real with him and told him all the things he needed to improve upon. Seems to be, at least when it comes to Xavier Booker, a a similar um, mindset they take into recruiting. I know that might not work with everybody, uh, but it seems to be working here, and it's it's interesting. They're keeping it real. They're keeping it honest with these recruits. I'm sure a lot of these kids are told all the time about how great they are, and um, so maybe being told how much you need to improve is a bit of a turnoff, but when it's somebody like Mike Woodson who has such a long – career in the NBA uh, that has to carry some weight that this guy knows what it means, what it, what it, what is needed to be in the NBA. And so he's going to be able to help me get there and help me improve. So seems to carry some weight when these guys, when Kenya Hunter with Mike Woodson does it talked about his relationship with Hunter specifically. He's a really good dude, man. He checks on me pretty much every week. We always have good conversations. They're always checking uh, on me, telling me good luck on my games. He's always texting me after my games. I have a really good relationship with him. Um, look, for her, for all the talent Mike Woodson has, Kenya Hunter seems to be as important a um, assistant coach as just about anybody. Uh, he is vital to this recruitment. Um, so he's the one that's building this relationship here. We'll see. It's, it's early in the process. Clearly there's a lot of schools. He talked about every school, talked about some comparisons the Hoosiers have made for him, uh, with guys that have played on the roster, uh, as well. So, um, this is a wide open recruiting process. He, Booker intends on taking visits. He has no timetable whatsoever, but Uh, When it's the top recruit in the state, when it's one of the top recruits in the nation, uh, you're going to pay attention and you're going to wait. Uh, If I use in this, they're going to wait on him. So it's going to be interesting to see how this shakes out. But uh, this is a big recruit. IU seems to be right in there. We'll see. As I said, that that article came before the Duke offer. We'll see how that factors into it. But this is one of the best recruits in the country, considering the Hoosiers. And that is a lot of fun just to even say in itself. IU basketball, part of their return to being a uh, noteworthy program, is playing some of the top schools. And there's a new addition to the schedule for 2023-24, in which they'll be able to play even more top schools we're going to talk about that here in a second. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. 
BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. Biggest stories of the day plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Mike Woodson has already beefed up the 2022-23 schedule. It's going to have a host of games on it uh, that are going to come against top programs this upcoming season. He already has an eye on the 2023-24 season as well. It was reported over the weekend IU is going to take part in the Empire Classic in 2023. It's a four-team event. It's going to include Texas, UConn, Louisville, and IU. Now, you probably, if you're like me, have never heard of the Empire Classic. What you probably have heard of, though, is the 2K Sports Classic, which is what this was before it rebranded in recent years. I very much remember the 2K Sports Classic, and some of you may remember IU played in the 2K Sports Classic uh, semi-recently. Back in 2013, IU beat Washington. Uh, They won 102-84 to in that one, scored 50 points in the first half, 52 points in the second half. Those two numbers will be notable in a second. Uh, They were led in scoring by Yogi Noah Vonley. Or excuse me, they were led by Troy Williams, then Yogi, but Noah Vonley had 18 and 9 in that game. Uh, <laughs> a lot of you might not remember the 2K Sports Classic because you try to block this year out of your memory. It was a frustrating one. Uh, but nonetheless, they scored 102 points in this game, 50 points in each half, because they played that game on a Thursday. The winners play each other. So they play UConn on Friday for the title and score 58 points in the whole game and lose 59-58. Yogi scored 19 points on 19 shots. Uh, Will Sheehy was the only other guy in double figures with 12. Noah Vonley went with zero points and two rebounds in 10 minutes because he was in foul trouble. That about perfectly sums up Noah Vonley's career in Bloomington. But as I mentioned... It's a, a bracket style where you're guaranteed two games. The two winners play each other. The two losers play each other. There is no uh, matchups announced yet. IU doesn't play Louisville, doesn't play any of these teams. So there isn't going to be any, any restrictions uh, on this. So anybody's up for grabs. And it could be interesting because UConn could be a team the Hoosiers play this upcoming season in the Gavit games. Uh, so it could be a little beginning of a little bit of a rivalry over the next couple seasons. Louisville is someone that Mike Woodson expressed interest in, uh, in playing. And when he made the comment, he said, we'll look at playing them in two years, which felt weird. Uh, I kind of chalked it up to maybe that's going to replace the Kansas series, uh, in two years, which is a step down, but there's a local kind of aspect to that. I would imagine he said two years because he knew the Empire Classic was in the works or waiting to be announced or leaked or whatever you want to call it. Uh, So IU is going to play them in 2023. Sounds like they're going to play them the next year after that and moving forward with games against Louisville. So 
if that's just kind of a, another game on the schedule and maybe not a marquee game necessarily, but kind of a complimentary game, yeah, I'm all for it because Louisville's a, a pretty solid program uh, in the more kind of top schools from the top conferences you play. You're, I, I would rather play an ACC school or a Big East school than um, your Marshalls and your directional schools and things like that. Uh, but you can add this to the Kansas game next season as well. They're going to play Kansas at home. This event takes place at the, I believe, at the Barclays Center. Um, so you can add that. The Barclays Center is in Brooklyn. That is where it takes place. So you can add both those. The, the 2K Classic, I believe the Empire Classic as well, uh, it takes place right around kind of Thanksgiving it's kind of those early um, early games or tournaments or whatnot that you see. It's when the Maui takes place, things like that. So um, that's when this is going to take place. And it'll give IU a chance to play two top schools. Uh, and so it's very intriguing. But as I said, they'll play Kansas at home. They'll play this. So that's already three games against really good teams, really top. Uh, power six teams. So, uh, I mean, that schedule is already probably better than the one IU played last season. And that's just with three games on it. So Mike Woodson is living up to his word. He said that when the time, time would come, he would crank up the dial and start playing these games. And it's a man of his word because he's, uh, scheduling these types of games now. And I'm excited. I add in a Kentucky game an annual Kentucky game and you have me hooked. So uh, this is a, exciting to see IU playing against these types of programs. I think that's what I and lots of IU fans would want. IU football made some news by landing a, uh, a quarterback recruit that we're going to talk about as well as look at IU baseball had a wild weekend in a very wild big 10 tournament that, uh, we're going to detail because that thing is going off the rails uh, this weekend. IU football landed its first quarterback for the 2023 class uh, this weekend. Brock Lowry, a three-star quarterback from Canfield, Ohio, commits to Indiana. It's an interesting recruitment because he just wasn't really on any Power 5 school radars. Um, he, I believe he only had two offers. IU and Iowa State were the only two uh, programs that had offered him in the Power 5. And he visited Indiana this weekend. I think he arrived on Thursday. Before he left, he committed to Bloomington or to Indiana. So it gives the Hoosiers their first quarterback now. He seems to be very much an under-the-radar prospect. Uh, if you listen to Friday's podcast with John Garcia, the our recruiting expert, it was a, a, a really good podcast. If you guys haven't listened to it already, uh, there was an underrated quarterback, Brendan Soresby, that was kind of his hidden gem of the recruiting class for the 2022 class for IU. Potentially, we could be looking at something similar here, but. Um, We'll see. These are the kind of guys that IU is kind of has to land and turn into something when you're not in Ohio State, a Michigan, an Alabama, 
so on and so forth. USC, you got to hit on these types of guys, these hidden gems, but he becomes the third commit in the class. Uh, We've mentioned that on Friday's episode as well. Sam West, tight end out of Greensburg. William Larkins, offensive lineman out of Florida, are the other two commits uh, for that class. So hopefully that starts uh, those recruits start piling up during this summer. IU baseball deserves a shout out for a wild end of their season. We did not cover the baseball team, frankly, at all. Uh, I I wanted to set something up at the beginning of the year. There's a communication issue with uh, the person I wanted to bring on became pretty clear pretty early on that IU baseball is going to struggle this year. And so I waited. They kind of turned a corner in the second half of Big Ten play and played their way into the Big Ten tournament. Only the top eight teams make the Big Ten tournament in baseball. It is played in Omaha at that cavernous field that I'm sure a lot of you remember when IU played in the College World Series. Uh, It is played there. And... It was a mess this weekend, but IU upset number one Maryland in the Big Ten tournament became the first eight seed to eliminate the one seed in the tournament history. How did it happen? Well, it started on Thursday. IU loses to Maryland. They come back on Friday and beat Illinois. That was one of the only Big Ten games played on Friday because rain came, wiped out a chunk of the games. There is a, uh, or was, a hard deadline of Sunday night where everything needed to be finished. So there's only one field that they're playing on in Omaha. So they crammed everything they could into Saturday, which meant IU uh, was among those teams that played. They beat Maryland on Saturday, but they had another game they had to play. The problem with that is they were the last game of the day, So you mix in the crammed schedule. I used game one extra innings against Maryland. That wasn't the only game to go extra innings. That wasn't the only game to go long. So the tournament became a bit of a mess. And the result was IU playing Rutgers where IU had to win on Saturday night. I say Saturday night. It was Sunday morning when that game started. It was 12.53 a.m. local or Eastern time. 11.53 local time when the first pitch came on that one. And still, it gets wilder. IU lost that game. Their season is over. Rutgers was the top remaining team. They were the number two seed. They look like a really good team. I watched the first about two innings of that one, and it was very abundantly clear that was not going to be another upset. But that game came within one strikeout of being five complete innings, which would have been an official game lightning delay. So that game finished at 4.10 a.m. is when IU Baseball tweeted out the final score graphic. 4.10 a.m. Eastern time is when that baseball game finished. Uh, As I, right before I was about to go live, a video came across of Michigan versus Iowa where the Michigan pitcher had pine tar or maybe not pine tar, some type of sticky substance on his glove and was ejected from the game. So there was more chaos going on with that Big Ten baseball tournament. But uh, IU, fortunately a part of that good chaos, unfortunately a part of the bad chaos part too. But that was a team that was crazy, crazy young this season, turned things around in the second half of the year to 
go from way out of the Big Ten tournament discussion to playing its way into the tournament. So hopefully it leads to big things for them moving forward. I believe they had four players named to the all Big Ten freshman team. Uh, exciting times in Bloomington for those guys. Uh, for the future, at least, we'll see if they're able to make good on that. We are fully, I know I've kind of talked about in terms of topics, we're going to off-season mode. We are fully entering off-season mode as a network for the college football side. Uh, we're going uh, down to, I believe, three, probably three podcasts a week moving forward through June and July. Ultimately, there's not a ton to talk about uh, when it comes to college sports in June and July. So, uh, we will be going down to only a handful of podcasts a week. Right now, I would say the general schedule is going to be Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, that could change. For example, that's probably going to change um, during July when I have a vacation. So uh, we'll see what the schedule is going to look like. But we're downshifting a bit. We're entering full-on off-season mode. That being said, I owe you guys a huge, huge thank you if you're still listening to this. Uh, because, um, May is, was the best month this podcast has ever had, which is wild to say, uh, we, that doesn't happen in May. There's no sports to talk about. I know there was some recruiting news, some trace news that helped us, but, uh, this podcast ever since, um, late last year has just skyrocketed. I know I say this a lot. I can't thank you guys enough for this. It is awesome. I love talking about IU. You guys have been amazing. We're not going anywhere. We're just uh, downshifting for a couple months till we get closer to football season, and then we'll shift back up to normal again. But gives us some time to take a little bit of a break because I would run out of topics very quickly if I had to continue doing this five days a week during the summer months. So. Thanks again, guys, for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We'll be back with you later this week to talk. We're going to start doing our depth chart series for football, looking at each position, who might be the starters, contributors, things of that nature. Now make your second listen, the Locked on NBA Big Board podcast. Raphael Barlow, Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin give fans an in-depth look into the biggest prospects, the latest player rankings, and, of course, big boards. Follow Locked On NBA Big Board every day on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Follow us on Twitter if you haven't already, at LO underscore Hoosiers. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you guys are listening to it at. Also, leave a rating and review if you can. That helps us out a ton. Most importantly, though, guys, as I said at the beginning, I hope you have a safe Memorial Day. Uh, I hope you have a safe Monday. And most importantly, LEO.